Hello, and welcome to the third episode of Believe in Victory, a Grand Blue vs. podcast. Um, that means I actually decided to sit down and do this again, so I guess this is a thing, confirmed. Um, jokes aside, the Arc Rebel Northeast Qualifier was last weekend, and the level of play was great. If you have time to watch it, you can check it out at uh, twitch.tv slash arcsystemworksu. Um, it was overall, the tournament had a lot of good character variety, and I think the only repeated character in top 8 was Zoe and a Belial counterpick that didn't really pan out. Um, as for results, uh, Tempest had a dominating first place win in uh, both Grand Blue vs. and BB Tag. Uh, we don't really cover BB Tag here, but um, it's still very impressive to play two like super different games that would do amazing in both. Um, as far as dominating is concerned, uh, he didn't even lose a game in top 8, so... Yeah, that's, that's really good news because uh, we happen to have him as a guest on this uh, particular show, so we'll talk to him and get some insight from his run um, in the latter half of this show. Um, for second place was Buzzcar Luis, who placed second, and he also had a really good run. Um, he placed second in a previous tournament in the same region, and in this one he overcame the matchup that he lost the prior week, uh, and to the person who beat him too, so um, in that sense he showed a ton of improvement, and I'm really happy to see his progress on that front. Uh, third was Diaphone. Um, I think he played overall, like, very well. Um, he was probably the only player to have Tempest on match point. Uh, he had so early in the tournament, but, uh, Tempest, you know, came back and ended up winning it, uh, two to one. Um, Diaphone ended up falling 3-1 to Buscar Luis in Losers Finals. Um, there's definitely a little bit of unfamiliarity with, um, Loane there, perhaps, but, um, I'm sure he'll bounce back. He'll watch what happened. He'll bounce back even stronger than before. But yeah. Um, just to kind of talk to the level of play he showed, I think that, you know, maybe if he had stayed in winners and he avoided Buzzcar Luis, then maybe there was a chance that the tournament standings could have been really different. But yeah, we'll never know. And um, that kind of takes me to my first uh, topic of the day, which is just online tournaments in general. Uh, I saw a funny anecdote on Twitter uh, last week where a player commentator, who I will not mention because, not because I forgot who they were, but because I forgot who they were, but they had mentioned that a coworker had, um, you know, expressed the idea that COVID-19 had no effect on fighting games at all. And for his audience of veteran fighting game players, um, we all found that really funny for a lot of reasons. But um, if it doesn't make sense as to why it's funny, uh, let me just share with you like a little bit of perspective as, you know, fighting game veterans that we are. The history of fighting games and competitive fighting games in particular is a really unique one because it's born partially out of history of where we began and just also out of necessity to, you know, facilitate that history. So for today, I'll just talk a little bit about that history part and how, you know, we fighting game players can kind of not really separate ourselves from that offline component of competition. So I think the original competitive fighting game was Street Fighter 2. Uh, back in the early 90s, it uh, kicked off the fighting game boom in arcades. And when that game came out, even as a kid, um, you know, everyone was nestled side by side in the States. Players, kind of as they became more competitive, had specific strategies for incorporating that element of, you know, being in the same room, being side by side. That whole idea of physical presence was a part of the game. And I think that, like, the most famous players would be players like Alex Valle, who, uh, as you may know or may not know, uh, he's famous for inputting his things like so violently and like shaking the cabinet and things like that. And, you know, you, pe- people do that for a reason. It's not only because you want to get your move out, but you also, you know, there is some kind of bit of like, a, I do want to throw my opponent off a little bit, right? You know, me as a kid growing up in arcades, if I went against somebody like that, I would 100% be thrown off my game. So, you know, it's a strategy. 
your quarter was at stake. So, you know, as you can imagine this, um, you know, these types of strategies like continue to exist and evolve, you know, because being in real life with someone is totally different from, you know, playing like a person on your screen online, right? So I think even a really commonplace thing that happens in a very recent fighting game, um, Dragon Ball Z, uh, (laughs) screwed us up, Dragon Ball Fighters, uh, you know, I think there's a mechanic called hard tagging, which is very common. And if your opponent can sniff out your hard tag by like looking at a controller, um, they have an advantage. So people do play with stuff like this in mind. Now, it may not make a huge difference, but it kind of just reminds everyone that there is like a physical component of fighting games. And I think as games got more competitive, I think the mind state that most people are in is that, you know, the match doesn't begin when the announcer says round one fight or you know the wheel of fate is turning it starts long before that like way way before and i think that we can't always like quantify it or qualify it but that feeling is always going to be there so in the end you know the perception of fighting games is that even as net play gets better and better and online tournaments get more and more prestigious i think there will still be like that inkling to play offline i think it will never be able to separate that idea of fighting in competition equals offline play. And I think that no matter what, I think the best players of fighting games will always end up having to make some kind of either mental or physical adjustments to how they play their game. And, you know, that's just part of it, though. I'm not here to complain that online tournaments suck or whatever. I don't, I'm not the guy saying that. I'm just kind of saying, you know, forgive the players if they seem a little off sometimes. And with that, I'd like to take a short break. And after the break, we'll talk to someone who doesn't seem off at all. In fact, played probably his best weekend of online fighting games. And that is Tempest, the winner of BB Tag and for Grand Blue Versus for Arc Revo Northeast. For the break, uh, we'll listen to When Champions Converge, the character select theme of Grand Blue Versus.
He's a fantastic competitor from both of their ARC Rival titles this year, with an unprecedented first place finish in both online qualifiers last weekend, uh, both Grand Blue Fantasy Versus and for Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. Uh, now joining me is Tempest. Hello, everyone. Hey, good to have you on the show. You're like the second guest, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a work in progress. All right, so uh, just first and foremost, you know, a lot of people haven't really entered a lot of online tournaments, even though we've kind of moved on to this online scene. Um, so, you know, a lot of people aren't really necessarily familiar with online tournaments. And, you know, Arc Rev was a new brand of them, kind of. So what was it like competing in the Arc Rev qualifier? Uh, well, <clears throat> I found it pretty, well, nerve-wracking. Uh kind of exciting at the same time and definitely very competitive with all the strong players within the brackets so it was definitely a stressful but still uh i would say overall a good experience i would say um what do, how do you like manage some of that stress of playing online i know it's like pretty different from playing offline well um i'm honestly still working on it but something that i like doing personally is um, giving myself a second to breathe or drink a lot of water, especially drinking a lot of water. That helps a lot when competing, whether it be online or offline. But I know some people, as weird as it sounds, get more nervous online because, you know, a bit more volatile. So I like um, I like drinking water, to be honest. That's like my word of advice if anyone gets too nervous because water is like really good for calming down. Mm. Yeah, I think um, a lot of competitors do do that. I think, um, like, when, do you think, like, you drink water, like, between sets or kind of, like, whenever you're something, like, crazy happens to you? Like, do you use that to, like, reset your mindset? Uh, I definitely do it. Um, yeah, well, uh, I would say I would do it. I would, like, drink water whenever um, something crazy happening is, uh, you know, one way I would drink water. But typically... I like to have both my hands on the screen or well, both my hands on the control looking at the screen. So I don't drink water in the middle of matches too often, but definitely in between rounds or like in between games, I like to drink water for sure and give myself a second to rest. Definitely a hydration gang here. Uh, <laughs> I guess let's continue in that vein. Um, so I think um, a lot of times you see, there are a lot of people who like have kind of made the tradition to online uh, in the recent times, but a lot of players are having trouble, like kind of like mentally, like getting ready to like play a tournament match, like in their own bedroom or wherever they are. Like, what do you do to kind of like get yourself in that like I'm ready to compete zone? Um. Well, I think probably the most important thing is to make sure there's not too much background sound for, uh, like regardless of what it may be. If there's too much background sound, I typically can't really focus. So. Definitely remove any distractions. Um, <clears throat> and prior to even playing, to be honest, uh, making sure I'm in the right mindset, not tilted or anything like that, and just stay overall calm. Um, but I don't do anything too special. I just go in and play for the most part. Okay. I mean, that 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 works for you, clearly. <laughs> I do find that, like, I see a lot of competitors complaining, like, yeah, if they lose, they start, like, looking on Twitter. But, you know, they got their second monitor, so it's totally different. Like, if you, like, lose in, in like, a real life, like, you look at your smartphone, it's pretty easy to, like, like snap out of it, right, and get back into what you were doing. But I think a lot of people kind of just, like, keep, like, they just, like, get distracted. Yeah, it's very easy to get distracted at home. Yeah, for sure, for sure. 
Um, so I just want to talk a little bit about your performance, uh, you know, in the last couple of weeks or so. I think you're a, you're a Team Spooky mainstay for sure. I think you went on the longest, uh, like, winning streak, I think, for tournaments over and over again. Um, there was, like, a bit of a, like, a, leading up to Arc Revo, you did, like, kind of slip a little bit in terms of ranking, but you definitely made some adjustments. Um, what kind of adjustments did you make so that you could kind of perform your best during Arc Revo? Um, most importantly... Um, I identified, um, that it wasn't particularly specifically, I was doing anything super wrong in my play, but I thought my mental state wasn't in the right place or like, I was like, um, mentally folding, so to speak. So I feel like, um, especially when I got seventh, I want to say oh, two, two or three weeks ago or something like that. Um, I decided to not enter NLBC the following week to just relax Still watch and, you know, support the stream and whatnot, but definitely just relax and reset, per se, and um, spend time with friends and, uh, in general, not stress the the fact that I'm playing in online tournaments all the time, right? So, I wanted to use a lot, pretty much all of my energy into Arc Revo. That was the mindset that, that I was going with, especially since I play two games. It's, like, really important that I don't burn myself out. And, um, that's, I did feel like a bit burned out when, um, I didn't perform as well as, uh, I would hope I would. So I, um, I definitely stopped playing for like a week and then the, you know, the days leading into Arc Revo, I would not play for more than one hour for Grand Blue Versus, but I would ask, uh, various people for sets and play matches with them, but and maybe even training mode a bit, but nothing too crazy. It's generally just have chill time to myself. But yeah, I guess that's like, I guess like, you know, taking time off does matter. I mean, you know, fighting games are really mental and they, you kind of build up a lot of like, I guess like even mental strain and being able to like compete at the highest level, you have to kind of tell yourself not to do the dumb thing that you really want to do, I guess. Um, if <laughs> yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, I guess like building back up your resistance to your impulses is really important. So. Yeah, good on you for figuring that out for yourself. I think, um, so I think if if anyone watches the Northeast qualifier over the weekend, there are plenty of, like, rounds where, well, first and foremost, I think you took the whole top eight without dropping a game. Yeah. So that was really impressive. I think that, like, a lot of them were really, I actually feel like those rounds were competitive, but I think ultimately you showed that, like, you had a lot of clutch in those situations. Like, you would always, like, be able to pull rounds out of the fire if you're behind or anything like that. Um, what do you kind of do to make sure that you're able to like execute in those like difficult clutch situations? Like, what's your mindset? Well, um, I don't know when exactly I got this mindset, but I always feel like um, ever since I started playing characters that like are either set play heavy or like do a lot of damage, I always think to myself that um, no matter like how much of a deficit I am in resources or something, the round is never really over people make mistakes and stuff like that so you if someone plays perfect per se um you're not winning the round anyway so you have to i more so focus on exploiting mistakes that people are making or make people guess in situations if i want to make a comeback so a lot of the time that i make comebacks i'm trying to exploit a mistake that someone is um doing or just force them in a situation where they have to guess that you know i might win or i might lose but uh, I know I didn't drop a game, but I had the mentality where even if I'm down 
0-2 in grand finals and they're up around, it doesn't matter to me because I'm still in it. And as long as I have the mindset that I'm still in it, I'm always like aware of the fact that I can um, potentially make a comeback, right? So that's just that's kind of what I think personally. Yeah, I think those are words to live by, or like at least a mindset to go by. You're not out of it till you're out of it, right? Until it says you've lost. All right, so great insight from Tempest so far. Let's go ahead and take a short break, and we'll be right back. The title of this song is Noble Execution from the Grand Blue Fantasy Versus soundtrack.
All right, and we're back. So let's talk a little bit about, um, I guess, like this season of Grand Blue Fantasy versus. Um, I think when Belial first came out, um, you played him a little bit on release, but ultimately, I think we've seen you have the most success with Charlotta, especially for the recent tournament. Uh, is there any reason that you kind of went back to her? Uh, well, the reason, uh, to be honest, <laughs> if I could play Belial better, I would probably still be playing him right now. I played him for six days. I actually think he's really fun, but I, the I played a lot of different fighting games, like anime games specifically, but never a Street Fighter game. Grand Blue is actually my first one, and playing Shoto's in this game feels really awkward, to be honest, for me personally. So, I consider uh, Belio like a Shoto S type character too, and I'm better with him than most of the other Shoto's in the game, like say Catalina. But I still under, uh, fall under that category where I'm just really comfortable with Charlotta. So I decided to just c- continue to play her. Although I do still sub him, which I was uh, debating playing him in tournament a couple of times. But ultimately, I just didn't. Maybe some other time in the future I will, though. Um, are there any matchups where you feel like you'd be more comfortable with Belial as opposed to Charlotta? Like, if, you, if you're just theory fighting. Um... <laughs> Probably not. Even my bad matchups, I just play Charlotta. Although, I'm not going to lie, um, I think if I were to play Belial into any character, it's probably the Belial mirror match, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Mirror, mirror matching. But other than that, uh, not really. Maybe if something changes in the future, but so far, no. Mm-hmm. I think, um, yeah, I do think that people forget that Bell is a Shoto. Like, he's like super dominant up close, but like. Um, he is a Shoto with the command throw, as far as I can tell. Uh, yeah, he um, he's very similar to Gran, where he has less range than uh, some of the other characters, but um, he makes up for it with like uh, ridiculous frame traps and frame advantage in general, throw game, etc. Right, right. Um, I think that I think maybe some people may know. Uh, I had to like look it up, but you had you once like sparked a debate early on about Belial early in the season. Um, and you know a lot. A lot has changed since then. You know, people like learn more. They play the game, the character more, and everybody kind of changes their position on things. Um, what do you think about uh, Belial right now? Like, is there anything you want to say about Belial as a po- like in terms of the Grand Blue versus Meta? Well, uh, currently, uh, I think Belial currently is still the strongest character. Like. He's just really, really, really good. He doesn't really lose any matchups. He either goes even or wins. Um, He has, like, the best offense. His neutral is extremely good. He has good defensive options. He, um, you know, he has good damage. um, Like, actually the highest damage in the game, I'm pretty sure, for the most part. Like, I mean, other characters like Vassaraga can do high damage as well. But I feel like his damage is way more consistent than a lot of other characters. Um... Good hit confirms. He has a lot of things other characters that either they used to have and they got it removed or just don't have at all. So I just think he's the best character right now. But uh, you can't really counterpick him, but he is beatable. Yeah, for sure. I think I saw a lot of people go for the, like, Belial, like, pocket pick, but it didn't really pan out most of the time in tournament. Do you think that's because people, like haven't played him enough and they're not really quite familiar with them or if there's some kind of um it's either people just aren't ready or people aren't ready to play that kind of like risk game over and over again in that two double limb i think um 
specifically for people who sub Belial, I think the big problem with subbing him is since he is so common, even though he's extremely good, he is so common and such a big problem, like in threat, that you would um you would have to be dealing with the other player who who they're probably playing their main character, right? They've probably played against many other Belial players who have like, you know, different playstyles and uh stuff along those lines. So you would be dealing with someone with way more matchup experience than you. So it's kind of hard to play him as a sub in tournament, in my opinion. Unless the matchup is like really in his favor, I feel. Mm, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think that's a very good point. I think that I do think that it is the kind of game where um like familiarity matters a lot for sure i think because of those like a lot of those decisions you have to make in a matchup they you know they can swing a matchup pretty quickly if you just don't know something right oh yeah for sure like uh there's like there's like so many micro situations that like can change a set it's like it's like really important to like have those micro situations down so you know people who fight belly a lot and which pretty much i mean a lot of the high and top level players like fight belly a lot so they'll have those micro situations down and it's kind of hard if you don't have them down yourself so yeah cool yeah i think i think that's definitely a really good point okay so i guess we could just do um we have a little bit of extra time so let's just do some closing thoughts um what are your thoughts of like the overall meta of gbvs like what do you think of the addition of cagliostro for example i think uh Despite, well, I know this isn't Cagliostro, but despite, you know, Belial being so strong and stuff, I think Belial and Cagliostro were both uh, great additions to the game. They do stuff that's different from other characters. They're fun to play. Their personalities are cool. And, um, yeah, like, I really do like uh, those additions to the game. I do think, obviously, Belial's a too strong, but, um, you know, obviously that can be adjusted, and... Uh, you know, Cagliostro, regardless of strength, because it's kind of too early, she's a very, you know, unique character. She does her own thing, which um, I think a lot of people wanted from the game for a while. And I think she definitely gives that. So I do definitely like uh, those two additions. Outside of those two characters, the general meta of the game, I would say, is uh, good. Obviously, um, uh, the character strength in this game is pretty close together. So you can pretty much play whoever you want and, you know, you have a chance of winning. Like, you, you can pretty much just play uh, whoever, to be honest. No, there's not, there aren't really a lot of, like, terrible matchups. So you can, you can honestly solo main even a lot of these characters. Yeah, I think the power level is flatter than it ever was. I think because I think you see, I think Loane is even doing well in Japan now. But I, I do think that's because characters like yes, uh, characters like the like 1.0 Catalina is like not in the game anymore. But um, but I do think that you know that overall flattening of it has helped him a lot. For example, so uh, with that said, uh, what do you think are who do you think are like the best seven? Who are the best seven characters in no particular order? Uh, no order. Uh, let me see. Give me like one second to think about it. Okay, I would say um, Belial. Lancelot, Charlotta, Zeta, um, Zoe, Vasaraga, and Beelzebub would be my seven picks. Okay, that's uh, not controversial, I would say. <laughs> uh, maybe um, stuff like Beelzebub and Voss and Zoe are a bit new, but uh, 
the other characters that everyone I think knows are really strong this version. So, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely on board with what you just said there. Um, I think those are you know a- accurate opinions. All right, and uh, that was fantastic stuff. Thank you so much for joining me. I think uh, you did a fantastic job. You hit it out of the park with your insight today. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you for interviewing me as well. Oh yeah, no problem. Thank you for responding to my request. It was pretty pretty short notice, but <laughs> hopefully um, hopefully we'll interview again when you win the whole thing. So. <laughs> yeah. All right, fantastic. Thanks a lot for joining me. All right, all right. Thank you. See you later. So once again, that was Tempest. Uh, you can catch him pretty much every week at Team Spooky competing. And you can also find him on Twitter, uh, Tempest underscore NYC. Okay, and that'll do it for today's Believe in Victory podcast. We'll see you this Friday for a Rage preview and uh, I guess an Arc West preview as well. See you then.